Welcome to Word to the Mother, a retrospective on 90s R&B and hip-hop. Here's your host, your girl, Charlie D. Welcome to the show. It's your girl. You know who it is. Charlie D. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for coming back. Today's featured artist is a singer that started out singing with her sisters in my home state of Maryland. Before being signed as a solo artist, she is known for her husky contralto singing voice. To date, she has sold over 70 million records worldwide and was one of many artists to popularize the short and sexy pixie haircut of the early 1990s and bring us some showstopper ballads. Today, I'm talking about Tony Braxton. But first, let's go back to revisit July 1993, which was the month that Tony's self-titled debut album was released. Okay, album releases in July 93. We had Cypress Hill Black Sunday, which had the single Insane in the Membrane. Got no brain. Hot. Okay, this I'm going to save for a future episode, and that was Tag Team Won't Dead Ass. Whoop, that is. Whoop, shaka, laka, shaka, laka. Yep, July 93. Um, okay, boss. Not sure if many remember this artist, and I can't say I remember her music specifically, but what I do remember was the boys in my high school class going on and on about her. She was a female rapper that went by the name Boss. They were talking about how hard she was. They were just so impressed with her. She was this, she was that. Me and my friends didn't quite get it, but kudos to her for getting her stuff out there as a female rapper, because at that time we didn't have that many. Um, top singles in July 1993, SWV's Week. I did them, I think it was one of the first five or six episodes. No, it was episode number 10, I remember. It was the last one before my hiatus. Um, big hit, Week. <laughs> uh, I think I mentioned it already. Tag teams, whoop, there it is. But also, 95 Salves, woot, there it is. Yeah, both of them. I don't know why we had two different ones. I, I don't understand what happened. But it's coming up in a future episode because I got to find out myself, what the hell was that about? But both songs were hot. Janet Jackson's That's the Way Love Goes. Ooh. I remember when she came out because this had like a whole different vibe. She had this like all burn wet and wavy, I think. Wait a minute. Was that with the wet and wavy? Anyway. 
she had this whole like real chill like neo soul thing going on it, it was cute okay h sounds somebody rocking knocking the boots i feel so good when i'm new yep 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 yeah y'all remember that y'all know okay um robin s's show me love this was actually considered i guess house club yeah, yeah i don't know it was a dance song but um you got to show me that 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 was hot 93 y'all okay onyx slam yeah that was hot uh another good one was looking on girls for the daisy duke song i want you to looking on girls with the daisy duke song everybody by a group called deuce i know nothing about them perhaps i should sit down and learn something let me write that down. Um, and then finally, Jodeci's Lately. Beautiful ballad. I covered that in that episode. Um, a cover of the Stevie Wonder song. Just gorgeous. Next, movies released in July 1993. I would be remiss if I didn't mention Poetic Justice. This one I remember very well. I can't say it was a great movie, but it held my interest anyway. Just seeing Janet Jackson trying to be a girl from the hood with dookie braids, child. But pretty decent performances by Tupac and my girl Regina King and her boyfriend Chicago. <laughs> I can't remember his name, but the four of them had pretty good chemistry, particularly Regina King and the guy who played her boyfriend, whose name I, I could have looked up and wrote down, but I didn't. But um, it had some funny moments. Me and my friends were quoting that for months. Another movie that came out was Robin Hood's Men in Tights. Yes. And that is all I remember about it is the guys in the snaps. And yes, there you go. And then finally, this one I'm going to mention because I saw it one time and totally forgot about it. I did not know until very recently that it's considered like a cult classic. And that is Hocus Pocus with uh, Kathy Najimy, my girl SJP, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Bette Midler, honey. Um, I did not know that this was so well loved and had such a following until I started seeing the memes around Halloween from people on Facebook. I don't know. I saw it one time. I totally forgot. But, you know, I guess with those three ladies leading it, yeah, it was pretty memorable. It was cute. Moving along, before we get back to Tony, I want to highlight a future song from the 90s from an artist that either did not have as big a career or as many hits but as other artists, but still put out a memorable song at that time. I guess I need to come up with some sort of like category for this section because I don't like the term one hit wonder and that genuinely does not apply to a lot of the artists that I'm gonna feature. But today's feature song was actually recorded in 1988. Did not know that. The title refers to a type of attitude that the singer described as one you have to have in order to get by. She said, it's not about fashion, but survival in the inner cities or elsewhere. The singer was Swedish born artist, Nana Cherry and the song, honey, Buffalo Stance. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce the hi-hat. Go on. Mmm, that's good. Now the tambourine, right now. Mmm, whoo, yeah. DJ, who's that gigolo on the street with his hands in his pockets and his crocodile feet hanging off the curb, looking all the stuff at the boys from home. They all came running, they were making noise, manhandling toys. That's the girls on the block with the nasty curls, wearing padded bras, sucking beer from the 
This song is actually a later and different version of a previous one, which was recorded in 1986 as a B-side single called Looking Good Diving with the Wild Bunch. This was by a duo called Morgan slash McVeigh, who are Jamie Morgan and Cameron McVeigh, with vocals sung by Nana Cherry. Fun fact, Cameron McVeigh would later become Nana's husband, and they would collaborate on music together. You can actually hear that earlier version on YouTube, but I want to get into the samples used for this song. There are three main samples used here. The first is Hey You by Rocksteady Crew, which I honestly have a hard time placing, but the other ones are easier. They include a small snippet from a 1976 song called Miami from a group known as Yellow Chicken. As you can hear, this sample was used in the main hook. The next one is also a tiny little sample taken from a 1982 song called Buffalo Gals from artist Malcolm McLaurin. The track title Buffalo Gals was also used in reference for the title for Buffalo Stance. Pretty freaking dope, huh? Buffalo Stance was released on Nana's debut album Raw Like Sushi. It hit number three on the UK singles chart and the Billboard Hot 100. It also went number one in Sweden and the Netherlands. Nana went on to release other songs such as Buddy X, Kisses on the Wind, and I Got You Under My Skin, a song I remember being about the HIV virus. She went on to work as a DJ and a broadcaster. She was born Nana Marianne Carlson, but took her stepfather Don Cherry's surname. Don was a jazz musician, and she is the half-sister to musician Eagle Eye Cherry. Yeah, lots of music running in that family. Nana is currently a mom of three daughters, and one daughter, Mabel, is also a singer. Go, Nana. We miss you. We love you. And on to Tony. Yes. On October 7th, 1967, Tony Michelle Braxton was born in Severn, Maryland, the first daughter of six siblings, which include younger brother Michael Jr. and younger sisters Tracy Renee, Tawanda Chloe, Trina Yvette, and Tamar Esteen. Headed by her father, Michael Braxton Sr., a clergyman, and her mom, Evelyn Jackson, a former opera singer and a pastor, the family was very religious, and Tony, her siblings, began singing in the church choir. The story goes that Sister Tamar once called out for someone to hand her some toilet paper, and the siblings spontaneously started singing a song they called the Toilet Paper Song. And the family credits that experience as their first time harmonizing and putting a song together. This led to them singing for other churches and touring at various religious events with their parents. In 1989, the sisters who sang as a girl group called simply The Braxtons signed a record deal with Arista Records and then released their single called The Good Life. When will people ever learn? Wonder will they ever turn? From that suicidal 
was not a hit peaking at number 79 on Billboard's Hot R&B Hip Hop Singles. Ultimately, the differences in age between the sisters created marketing issues and they were dropped from Arista. Tony then enrolled at Bowie State University studying education in hopes of one day teaching. But she still sang and performed and it was during a talent showcase in 1991 that she caught the eye of Antonio L.A. Reed and Kenneth Babyface Edmonds who were forming LaFace Records. It seems that while the Braxton sisters were still performing together, they were mostly interested in Tony. They decided to sign just Tony, telling the other sisters that they did not currently need another girl group since they had just signed TLC. Tony became LaFace's first solo female artist. The first song Tony released was for the Boomerang soundtrack, Love Should Have Brought You Home Last Night. This song was released in September 1992, a part of the Boomerang soundtrack, and also featured in episode number 20, in case you missed it, but it was originally written for Anita Baker, but Baker declined it due to her pregnancy. The song was later included on Tony's self-titled debut album, and would then go on to peak at number five on Billboard's Hot R&B Singles chart, and spent a total of 29 weeks on the charts. Pretty damn nice start for a debut single. The following summer in July 1993, the debut album was released starting with the first single, Another Sad Love Song. featured Tony in a white button-up shirt tied at the waist and blue jeans and that pixie cut with the sideburns. Ciao! 
so sultry and cute. She was rocking the hell out of that haircut. If you know me in real life, you know I'm a hair fanatic, so I'm gonna try my best not to keep going on and on about that cut. Cause even in 2021, that cut is still so freaking cute. I'm gonna let it go, y'all, I'm gonna let it go. This song peaked at number two on the charts and sold over 500,000 copies domestically, which certified it as gold. The next month, she dropped her second single, Breathe Again. Second single in and she was able to break into the international realm when this single reached number two in Australia, the UK, and New Zealand, also reaching top 10 in several European countries. It peaked at number four in the US. The third single was one of my favorite songs by her and that is Seven Whole Days. Okay, re-watching the video now, I never noticed it before, but the backup singers look very familiar. Yeah, did not know they were her sisters. But I love the way you can see all of them in the frame with Tony highlighted perfectly in the middle. Apparently the video was shot while Tony was on tour with her sisters. The song hit number one on the adult R&B songs chart. The third single off her debut album was You Mean the World to Me. Billboard music critic Larry Flick described the song as a warm and fuzzy ballad and that the finger-popping rhythms give motion to a virtual mountain of slick synths. 
Ralph T of RM Dance Update stated, quote, on the back of two hits, this record should face very little resistance as it eases nicely into the charts. Vocally, the track gives Tony another opportunity to showcase one of the best set of tonsils around and forces the shuffling mid-tempo pace and production to take a back seat, end quote. I totally forget about this song, but the next one, I don't recall at all. And that is the song, I Belong to You. This one was released in June 94, but also had no music video for it. It was released as a single with another track on its B-side called How Many Ways. This one I do remember because the video was with her and actor Shamar Moore and how she was rocking this really cute little tomboy look. Honey, she was rocking these little midriff tops, okay? Tony's debut album received mostly positive reviews with Ron Wynn from AllMusic commenting about Tony as, quote, an elegant and earthy songstress, nicely balancing those seemingly divergent sentiments. Braxton's husky, enticing voice sounds hypnotic, dismayed, and disillusioned. People Magazine wrote of the album, when Braxton slides into her lower register, she echoes Anita Baker, and when she skips around the higher notes, there's a hint of Whitney Houston. The influences are there, but Toni Braxton is most definitely her own woman. On this sophisticated, stylish, and soulful album, she slates her case. End quote. Slates her case? Okay, I'm gonna go with it. Tony's self-titled debut album debuted at number 36, spent two non-consecutive weeks at the top of the charts, and sold over 5 million copies in the U.S., but over 10 million worldwide. Tony also grabbed several awards, including three Grammys and two American Music Awards. In June 1996, Tony released her sophomore album titled Secrets, reteaming with Babyface and also working with producers such as David Foster and Tony Rich. The album produced four singles, with the first one being the mid-tempo track, You're Making Me High. Tony with a new look and an up-tempo beat, child. Now she got long hair and in one scene, this bomb-ass wet and wavy in a skin-tight pantsuit. I mean, hot, hot. 
The fun thing about this video is how she appears in it with her girlfriends, Tisha Campbell, Vivica A. Fox, and Erica Alexander as they judge various men's appearing in this elevator. The song went to number one and earned her a third Grammy Award for Best Female R&B Vocal Performance. The next single released in October 96, y'all, is my absolute favorite by her. It's Unbreak My Heart. Don't leave me in all this pain. Don't leave me out in the rain. Bring back the nights when I held you beside me. One break my heart. Say you love me again. I knew this hurt to come when you walked out the door and walked out of my life. I cried these tears. I cried so many, many nights. One break my heart. One break my heart. Oh, baby. Come back and say you love me. This here. This here is my one. This is my one, y'all. The song, the video, the looks she was serving. Baby, I am here for it always. This to me is her big ballad. So first off, Tony has looked gorgeous in all her videos, but this one, I could not get over how daggone stunning she was in every scene. In this video, she had modeled Tyson Beckford in it. Okay, she has some fine ass men in her videos. Okay, but the showstopper, y'all, was that dress. Can we just talk about that white dress for a minute? Okay, if you remember this video, you should know what I'm talking about because all of my daggone friends at the time were completely obsessed with it. Okay, give me a minute. I need a moment. I need a moment. The dress. It was a white halter top, body hugging with this large round cutout on the left side, exposing her taut perfect midriff and she had this metallic looking ring like a belt or a band around her waist it was fierce the song was written by diane warren okay diane with the hits and produced by the famed david foster it went on to earn her the best female pop vocal performance grammy award and it sold over 10 million copies worldwide making it one of the best selling singles of all time i bet you it was a dress Maybe not, but it's the dress for me. I mean, the song was good. Don't 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 get me wrong, but oh okay. The next single is a song called "I Don't Want to," and it's one that I think I just barely remember. But pulling up this video, Tony just looks so daggone pretty in it. Apparently, the music video was shot during an exhausting time in Tony's life when she had been very busy touring and only had one day to shoot. So they went with simplicity, with her just standing there in a simple white tank in some distressed jeans and singing into the camera. Flawless. That's all they needed. 
The last single from this album, released in November 97, was the track How Can an Angel Break My Heart? How could an angel break my heart? Why didn't he catch my falling star? I wish I didn't wish so hard. Maybe I wish I love apart. How could an angel break my The album Secrets as a whole received generally positive reviews. It debuted at number two and sold 170,000 copies in the first week. By May 2010, it would have sold over 15 million copies worldwide. Sadly, despite the huge success from Secrets on her first album, Tony was not seeing the financial gain and filed a lawsuit against LaFace and Arista Records and was then forced to file Chapter 7 bankruptcy. I remember this in the news, and I think she got the same bum-ass deal as TLC. Y'all remember that? LaFace. Oh, LaFace. In September 1998, Tony made her Broadway debut as Belle in the musical Beauty and the Beast, one of my favorite Disney movies. This was the first time the role was portrayed by a black woman. This apparently was also the first time a black woman starred in a Disney musical on Broadway. Crazy. But back to the LaFace lawsuit. In 1999, and after a three-year battle, the lawsuit was finally settled and Tony was given back her possessions. Um, what? Then she signed a new $20 million contract and began work on her next album called The Heat. In April 2000, Tony released her third album, an album in which she took more of a hands-on approach, co-writing and co-producing, leading to a more urban sound. The first single was the up-tempo song, He Was a Man Enough for Me. I love because not only was she again serving hit looks but she came with some choreography not a ton but after the bridge she shows up leading a group of women in this silver what looks like a chainmail type dress and when she does this little shimmy shake that's my favorite part that's what I see when I hear this song just hot this one hit number two on the Billboard Hot 100 and earned Tony the Grammy for best female R&B vocal performance the next single from the album was the track, Just Be A Man About It.
in this video, Dr. Dre is playing her man, trying to end things with her. And it's real annoying, the things that he is saying to her. So the story goes that actors Martin Lawrence and Will Smith were considered to do the speaking parts for this song, but due to scheduling conflicts, neither could be reached. So Dr. Dre ended up doing it simply because he was in the studio next to them during recording. He also appears in the video too, breaking up with Tony. But Tony and them tight ass abs she rockin' gonna be okay cause my cutie Q-tip shows up and basically she gonna be alright. <laughs> the next song out in September 2000 was a song called Spanish Guitar. This song was again written by Diane Warren and produced by David Foster, but only reached number 98 on the Billboard Hot 100. And the final single released from the Heat album was Maybe. Okay, I never actually heard of this one, but it definitely was a very different sound and style for Tony. There was a video for this one, but it was never officially released, but instead included as a clip on her DVD, Tony with Love DVD collection. Then later, it was leaked on YouTube. The album The Heat sold over 4 million copies and was nominated for Best R&B Album at the 2001 Grammys. That year, Tony decided to try out her acting chops with a role in the comedy Kingdom Come with LL Cool J, Whoopi Goldberg, and Jada Pinkett. She also released a Christmas album called Snowflakes. The Christmas album received mixed reviews with some critics stating that much of the material was too contemporary for the holiday season. The album eventually went gold. In Tony's personal life in spring 2001, she married Carrie Lewis of Mint Condition fame. And side note, I don't know why I did not know this at the time. I used to love Mint Condition's You Send Me Swangin'. Child, let me write that one down. <laughs> Mint Condition opened for her while on tour, and in December 2001, she gave birth to her first son, Denim Cole Braxton Lewis. The following year in 2002, and while beginning to work on her next album, Tony discovered she was pregnant a second time, but due to complications, she was ordered on bed rest. She tried to get Arista to postpone her next album release until after she gave birth, but the album was instead released in November 2002. It was a commercial disappointment compared to her former releases. The album had only one official single and video, and that was for the song, Hit the Freeway. Right. So, so long to 
So another song was slated to be released first for this album, a song called Me and My Boyfriend. Sound familiar? It was supposed to be out September 2002, but Arista made the decision to release Hit the Freeway first. Then guess what? Beyonce and her boo thing Jay-Z released 03 Bonnie and Clyde in October 2002, and it happened to sample the same beat and melody as Tupac's 96 song. So clearly that idea was scrapped. The Neptunes produced song Hit the Freeway did okay, peaking at number 86 on the Hot 100, but number 32 on the Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs. Personal note, I would be salty as hell because that Bonnie and Clyde song was fire. But in case you're curious. accused Jay of stealing her idea. Mm. Arista then settled on the songs, A Better Man and Give It Back to Me, but those titles did not fare any better. The album More Than a Woman sold more than 800,000 copies and eventually it also went gold. From 2002 on, Tony has done a ton of work performing, recording, and appearing in numerous productions. I won't be able to list them all, but I will go over the highlights. In March 2003, Tony's second son, Diesel Kai Braxton Lewis, was born and later was diagnosed with autism. Tony would become involved in the organization Autism Speaks and serve as an international spokesperson. By late 2009, she and her husband would separate and later divorce in 2013. In April 2003, Tony left Arista Records and signed with Blackground Records, headed by Barry Hankerson, Aliyah's uncle. She then took the lead role as Aida, I'm guessing in Broadway, until she left in November 2003. In early 2005, and under Blackground, Tony released the song Please. This would be the first single from the album, Libra. She released three other singles from the album, but the one I recall the most is Take This Ring. Apparently, it did not get the promotion that it should have and completely missed the Billboard Hot 100, 
which is interesting because I feel like this got plenty of radio play. The other two singles include Suddenly, a song penned by musician Richard Marks, and a song called Time of Our Lives, an operatic pop song that served as the theme song for the 2006 FIFA World Cup. The album Libra did peak at number two on the top R&B hip hop albums and later certified as gold with 679,000 copies sold. By early 2007, Tony found herself with mounting financial issues again and filed a $10 million lawsuit against Barry Hankerson for quote, fraud, deception, and double dealing and general mismanagement of her relationship with Arista. The suit was settled, but she did have to return a $375,000 advance that was given to her. Boo. By 2009, Tony signed a new recording contract with Atlantic Records and later released Pulse, her seventh studio album. The album spawned three singles, the tracks Yesterday, Hands Tied, and Make My Heart, which each reached only moderate success. This album had a lot more up-tempo dance songs and then the video starting with Hands Tied, Tony is sporting a new faux hawk style. Kinda reminds me of Janet Jackson, if you're nasty. It was hot though. And actually, the beat on Make My Heart is kinda fun. The Pulse album hit number 9 on the top 200, though it fared a bit better in Germany and Greece. In 2011, Tony signed on to appear in the Wii TV reality series Braxton Family Values, which followed the lives of Tony and all the Braxton sisters as they navigated their personal lives and careers. It was successful enough to go on to do several seasons and spinoffs. By 2013, Tony teamed up with Babyface and released the album Love, Marriage, and Divorce with the lead single, Hurt You. The song went to number one on the U.S. Adult R&B Songs and won Best R&B Album at the 57th Grammys. In 2014, Tony did Broadway again, and in 2016, Lifetime produced a biographical film on her titled Tony Braxton, Unbreak My Heart, based on Tony's memoir. I did not get to see this, but it did have 3.6 million viewers. In March 2018, Tony released Sex and Cigarettes, her first solo album in eight years. The second single from it, Long As I Live, performed well and she got another Grammy nom for Best R&B Performance and Best R&B Song. 
In recent years, Toni Braxton has remained as active as ever. She released the single Do It in April 2020, and later that spring did a remix version with Missy Elliott and another song called Dance. In August of the same year, she released the song called Nothing, and also her latest album as of this recording in September 2021 is called Spell My Name, her 10th studio album. So what to say about Toni Braxton's legacy? I think L.A. Reid summed it up well when he stated in an interview for VH1, quote, We called her the first lady of La Face. She was our diva. Clive had Whitney. Tommy had Mariah. We had Tony, end quote. Tony has sold over 70 million records, including 40 million albums in her long career. She's been an influence to singers such as Kelly Clarkson, Beyonce, Tayana Taylor and Kehlani and has received multitudes of awards including seven Grammys, seven American Music Awards, and nine Billboard Music Awards. I have to admit that when I think of the biggest singers and voices to come out of the 90s, I sometimes forget about Toni. But going through her career now, I see I slept on her a lot. I personally love the fact that she came in with a unique contralto voice with a deeper register, and I have to admit I was also a bit unaware of her fashion hits. Tony is gorgeous. With long hair or short, she is simply gorgeous and her music has evolved so much. If I didn't know, child, now I know. I am sure we have not seen the last of her, and I look forward to what is to come. So y'all, you know what time it is. Time for me to wrap up. Thanks for joining me on another 90s music journey. And until the next episode, y'all, peace. Hey, thanks for listening to Word to the Mother. Be sure to find us on Facebook and Twitter. Until the next episode, we out.